You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate and Micah. And only Nate and Micah. Yep, bitch-ass Andy didn't make it tonight. You guys had a nice little fight over text message. He was, he was just like, dude, just text back. And so, didn't hear anything from from a few hours. Know, and you just love poking. I, I, I like poking the bear every yeah, once in a while. You do. Just to get a little bit of a rise. You do. So, I don't see anything wrong with that. Well... I'm sitting in my daughter's game, and here's what I hear. Andy, you making it tonight. You texted that a lot a long time ago. And then you say, hey, Andy, F you. <laughs> Andy says, F off, Micah. Micah says, I will beat your effing A. <laughs> Andy says, I wish you'd try. Micah says, pull up, mother effer. <laughs> then Andy said, your mom should have pulled out, which makes no sense. That's what I was getting at. That was the point I was trying to make later. <laughs> And I hadn't read any of this, so I, I opened my phone up to just <laughs> a giant cat fight between you and Andy. Yeah, and we go on for a little bit longer. Uh, but this is what I have to deal with. I got to deal with these two guys. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we have a we have a good one for you today, folks. Yeah, no, it's an excellent one. No, it uh, is. Uh, today we have on the podcast Corey Groff. Uh, he's a field staff for Fox Pro. Um, he's just he's a slayer of coyotes and I about said or something I shouldn't have right there but <laughs> <laughs> kitties yeah he, kitties. he kills the cats too man he's at, yeah. and he's at a he's off to a really good start this season I think we get into it in the show but he's already killed uh, six bobcats six bobcats this year yeah. so far 
So, and he's going after a few more. Yeah, if y'all don't know who Corey is, Corey is a uh, a big time um, predator hunter. He's from Missouri as well, uh, down in the south central part of the state. Uh, Corey's an amazing hunter. We've known about Corey for a few years. I met him, um, I guess, last year about this time during. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I Bass thought it was Pro's, the spring uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember when it was honestly, but um, super nice guy. Talked to her. I don't know. It was raining and we were wet, but I bet we talked for forty five minutes. Yeah. Um, by the time I was leaving, my teeth were chattering. <laughs> I, was, I got that got cold. a little chilly. Yeah. But um, so Corey is a terrific hunter, and if you've been following him along on his social media, like Mike has said, he's killed half a dozen cats already um, this year, along with coyotes. But just been slaying those those cats. Yeah. And uh, so we talk about bobcat hunting and. How yep. he goes about it, tips and tricks, and what he does, which I learned a lot yeah. listening to what Corey does. A lot of good information on this one. So yeah, you know, have a have you a notebook handy? Have how they act, how he calls them. Yep. What's he? What what's calls he, he's using? Yeah. That sort of stuff. Some tips on glass. You know all that stuff. Yeah. So let's get into some of these sponsors, and then we'll get into the show. Let us do it. Yeah. So first off, we got Camo Fire. Your early morning. <laughs> we talk about it on the show. <laughs> yeah, your early morning. Let, let's just be honest. When I take a shit in the morning, I'm on camo fire. Yeah, okay? that makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, it gets you by, gets you, uh, you know, looking at something while you're taking care of business. So yeah, it's a rotating door of different deals out there. Uh, so if you guys are, you know, I haven't been on it today. I'm sure Marcus is gonna love that I said when I'm taking a shit, I'm on camo fire. Hey, <laughs> you're doing what you're doing. Hey, so a lot, yeah. lot of money gets spent on the toilet. Oh, I, be, I, I bet I, you. I agree with that, hundred yeah, percent. Just saying. But yeah, get the app, get on Camo Fire, check everything they got. Uh, Huntworth Gear. You can use the code MWW fifteen for fifteen percent off. Yeah, and we actually recently did a video for Huntworth. Yeah, about their heat boost and the heat boost technology, and we kind of just went into you know how we use it and what. Yeah. items we like the best so yeah check really, out yeah go really to their youtube stuff. channel and uh watch it actually you can go to our youtube channel because we'll put it on our youtube as well okay. believe it or not folks we do have a youtube we don't do much with it but every once in a while there'll yeah. be something posted up there it so. is at missouri woods and water on yeah. the youtube or just search our name and uh you can watch that video kind of talks about the difference between um uh their heat boost line yeah they have two different lines yep. they have the saskatoon and the uh man I, uh, the names the names just slipped right out of my head too yeah so matterhorn 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 yeah yeah matterhorn yeah so uh it, there's a little bit of difference between the two we go through those right right it, so if you're looking at if you're thinking about buying heat boost doing that that would be a decent uh, video to watch and then if you still don't know reach out to us we'll give you our two cents on what we think about the two Mm -hmm. and what we think you know would be you know beneficial for you right so and, check them out also on our youtube i believe we have some alps outdoors reviews that we've done a handful of it's times possible yeah back in the day but use the code woods and water for 30 percent off i'm assuming that's still good for this year yeah woods water yeah woods water all caps yep so lots of good stuff there um check it out so zamberland boots I've been using the heck out of my Zamberland boots. I love them to death. I wear them for work. They've been holding up 
rock solid. It's been rainy, wet, snow. My feet are staying dry and toasty. So I really enjoy using those. Zamberlandusa.com. Athlon Optics. Ridiculously good optics. Yeah, so good that I saw how bad I was shooting yesterday. And I'm in a bad mood now. Hey, man, things happen. You know, we we don't get the benefit of being behind the gun as much as other people. But, uh, you know, you got to get out there and you got to practice a little more. Yeah, it did make it nice, though. Yeah, so. but Athlon Optics, we run a lot of their stuff. Super, super happy with them. Um, let's see. Black Ovis. You can use the code MWW10 for 10% off. So they got a lot of I was of just on there uh, the other day yep. looking at uh, – Deco or uh, not decoys targets 3D targets, targets. Oh, okay targets. I, my, I bought my last 3d target from them um which just kind of shows you what they sell they sell they, all they kinds of stuff. a little bit of everything i was looking at releases and i need to update i'm going to upgrade my site turns out i found out i lost my level well that sucks yeah it happened whenever we were looking for my deer the few weeks ago that blows yeah so i lost that level i'm so, gonna get a new uh release are you not a new I'm going to get a second of release. my release, which I have a true ball short and sweeter. See, I'm going to try something different this year. I got a scout. I don't want to try anything different. I love that thing, but yeah. I want a second one. Well, I like mine. In case it. I, well, remember Andy forgetting his yeah. his the other day or while during deer season? Yeah. <clears throat> like in Colorado, if I forget it at the, the quad or something, got, got one your extra back. one right there. There you go. Also, Habitat's, Habitat Works. Yeah, you know. excited to be working with Dustin again in 2023. Um, he's an amazing, uh, habitat fella. We're probably going to do some cool shows with him, uh, this year, whether or not we do the, the ideas we have, he's going to be on the show talking about this stuff again. Right. Um, he's super knowledgeable. Give him a call. 816-752-7390. When you call him or email him at habitatworksllc at gmail.com, mention us and you'll save 15% off any service. That he provides, yeah, which now's ranges a, from. I mean, now's a great time, honestly. It's a perfect time to yeah. really get in there. It's easier to walk through the woods, and you can come up with a game plan that way. Yeah. So, thanks to our sponsors, those are our sponsors for today's show. Do you just want to um, get right into it, or do you want to tell me a dad joke to get this one started off right? I did hear a joke. I mean, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, did you know that they found the uh, cure to cancer in Chuck Norris's tears? Too bad he doesn't cry. <laughs> Did you tell the other one? Was that last week? Yeah, you told last him? week. That one was better. I don't know. Well, I got a few up my sleeve. He'd be so. crying. He'd be crying if he uh, fought Sub Zero. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't it's because Chuck they'd be Norris. frozen tears. If if Chuck Norris traveled through a different dimension and found another Chuck Norris and got in a fight, they'd both win. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make that up? No, that was on there, too. <laughs> I'm like, that's that was pretty clever. <laughs> yeah. Just bam, right on top of my head. So they pop uh, it. All right, let's get into the show. All right, let's do it. See you. All right, with us tonight, we've got fellow Missourian and well, he's a slayer of all kinds of predators, but tonight we're going to be talking about kitties. We got Corey Groff with us. What's up, man? How you doing, guys? Doing good. Doing awesome. Excited to talk to you, man. Uh, I actually met you in person at the uh, what the hell was that called? World Fishing Fair. 
Yeah, um, it was the World Fishing Fair, yeah. I was I was actually walking through that tent to get out of the rain and I walked by a Fox Pro uh a Fox Pro deal and I'm like, that looks like Corey Gruff. And so I walked up and we talked for a little while and um mentioned about you coming on the show back then and uh here we are 73 years later making it happen <laughs> finally made it <laughs> and i was telling hey, whatever, him whatever has he works. not he's been on the list the entire time yeah he? yeah you've been on yeah. there <laughs> but uh so before we get into today's subject why don't you uh introduce yourself to our listeners um where you're from what you do and uh what's your favorite thing about living in missouri and its outdoors okay uh well um Currently living in Houston, Missouri. I've been here for 23 years, uh, married to my wife for the same 23 years. Uh, I'm a manager at a online metal supply shop, and then I work for a custom gun builder, uh, Hunts Long Range over at Summersville. And the, the most thing I probably like about Missouri is the Missouri Ozarks. Uh, we've got a lot of versatility down here uh, in the hills. Lots of water. There's good fishing, good hunting, uh, and it's just a just a great place to live. I I really like it right here. It's a pretty awesome state. How far are you? Uh, are you pretty close to Peck, or how far off are you from Peck Ranch? I'm about probably 40 minutes from Peck. You ain't yeah. far. No, yeah, not be, at all. I'd be straight straight west of Peck. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, this is last year sometime. I was driving from Cape Girardeau over to Springfield. So I took 60, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of time to kill, so I went into Peck Ranch, and I spent half an af- afternoon there, and uh, I found a good number of elk, you know, just looking at them. It was the middle of summer. Um, I don't remember seeing a bull. I might have seen a few, but it's just cool in our state watching that animal walk oh, around yeah. again, you know. Uh, and, you know, we don't even have them up here, but I'm sure you got bears down in your area. Uh, yeah, we, kinda, we actually got a bear season now. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? The second, third year? Second or third? I yeah. think it's the second. Yeah. It's the second year. And it's, yeah. it, I think it's three different zones now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get a, get me a bear tag one of these days. I've got a buddy that's, that uh, has a lot of bears on his place. So that'd be he cool. He told me if I draw, I'll come over there and kill one. That's awesome. <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah. I haven't even put in for the bear tag. I've been putting in for that elk tag, but I haven't messed with the bear yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the the problem with us is if we were to draw it, we would be traveling. Like we would have to travel to hunt them because we don't have the bears in our area. And the closest right. I know of bears to us is at least. I mean, it's got to be at least an hour or more Pro- to get I, to yeah, to where I, bears I couldn't, are. T- I couldn't tell you to where you could hunt them. I right. mean, I'm sure there's there's bears here and there that you would see, but I mean that'd be like you know trying to find a gold nugget in the hills or something you're not right. you're not gonna yeah, find it'd be, it so it'd be hard to do that'd be the issue now if I, if I drew an elk tag there ain't no doubt <laughs> yeah I'm, i'd be I'm, figuring out how to get down there for those 10 days yeah, that wouldn't be as big of an issue yeah so if any of our listeners do not follow Corey, or uh you know Corey does a lot of stuff with fox pro as well um mm-hmm. so if they do not follow Corey, I would recommend they do because I, I stopped counting, and you can probably tell us in a second, but since Bobcat season opened this year, this guy has killed no less than six that I remember seeing pictures of, and it's got to be closer to a dozen at this point. But um, So Corey not only is a coyote hunter, 
But we're not talking about cows today. We are going to talk about the kitties and hunting them. So um, how many bobcats have you killed this season so far? Well, I've only killed six. I've called in seven. That's right. <laughs> I, I let one go. Um, I'll do that every now and then. It looked like a pretty small cat. I actually called uh, two on one stand and killed the tom. And then I noticed that there was another bobcat over on the hillside that was trying to come in and I, I already had the call shut off and and I thought the that cat looks kind of small so I just went ahead and just let it go but yeah I'm up to six right now so I've kind of slowed down here the last couple of weeks I haven't done as much hunting as as what I'd like to have done but yeah uh, so that's that's kind of put my numbers behind right now but I remember watching that video on that the one that you let the other one go uh and he he was quite a ways away if I remember correctly too but, yeah, he's about two, three hundred yards. Yeah. Uh, let's just start with, I guess, like the beginning when there's all of us, there's all kinds of us coyote hunters out there that get lucky enough for a bobcat to come in while we're on a coyote stand. That'll happen from time to time. But right, I'm assuming when when you've been killing these bobcats, you have specifically went out on that hunt that day to kill a cat right or do you how do you approach killing cats well it, that's a yes and no uh, answer to that to that um i do have like a certain area like if i plan on going hunting tomorrow <clears throat> i may have a couple areas in inside that realm that i'm looking for that is going to be just a cat specific stand uh, so I don't typically just say, oh, I'm going to set out all day and just call for bobcats. But in the properties that I hunt, I always look for that one spot or maybe a two spots that that looks like it's going to hold a cat. And in those stands, you're going to call a coyote in too. Sure. I mean, that's just, they, they share the same territory. They hunt the same game. And, uh, but when you start to fine tune <clears throat> trying to kill bobcats you'll you'll notice that you're gonna you're starting to get in tighter on your cover uh and i'll i'm always looking for that thicket that real nice big thicket uh like up in your guys's part of the world um i know you guys have you know a lot of growed up fence rows you got a lot of hedge and hedgerows and stuff like that but i'm looking for a drainage uh, like a waterway because the cat's got to have water they use it they use it more for ambush and prey. Uh, they don't hunt like a coyote does. Uh, so they'll use water and that, and that thicket, you know, to ambush their prey. So that's what I'm looking for. And I crowd those places. I, I really try to get in and crowd them and get closer because a cat, we all know they don't want to come across the open field, you know, right. They're just, they're just really stuck out and it, they're really vulnerable to just being seen. They don't like being seen. Nobody sees bobcats in the middle of the day, you know? So to get them to break cover in the middle of the day, you gotta, you gotta be in close. You gotta be in tight on a bobcat. Like how close do you just to put a number on it? How close are you trying to get to these areas? Yeah, because there's been uh, times where, and I don't even know if I've done it right. This is back when this is the first time I ever actually went after a cat, but I was in the woods with the cat. I, I knew yeah. the cat was up in a thicket above me, and I thought to myself, I don't think I'm going to get him to come down 
through the rest of this timber out to this field edge. So I went into the timber and it worked. I called him in. I just missed his ass at 20 yards. But, um, <laughs> so like, how do you, how do you determine how far off you're going to get from where you think they're living? Well, if I can see that whole core area, like the edge of that whole core area, um, uh, I probably am not going to get any further than a hundred yards away. And I'm probably not going to get any closer than 50 yards away. Um, but you know, like if I wanted to, if I wanted to use a shotgun and get into those thickets with them, you know, I mean, you can, you can get them right to your feet probably. Um, but I hunt with a rifle mostly. So I try to give myself a good shot. Uh, so I'm always trying to set, set up, like I said, anywhere between that 50 and a hundred yard from that core area. And that way I, it, it presents myself a decent shot. If, you know, if given they they break the cover. Um, but now you can, you can crowd them places too tight and you might have a bobcat swing on you or a coyote swing on you. And then you're, you're just not ready for a shot. You know, those fast moving coyotes, you know, they're hard to, they're hard to hit running. We all know that. I know, I know both of you guys probably have uh, called in coyotes that you're, you're trying to shoot at running, you know, and, that's just a really hard Usually thing doesn't to do. go well for us. Yeah, we're not <laughs> I I haven't had enough experience with them running. Like I haven't had enough dogs in front of me running away to practice that shot because that's not something you can just practice on a regular basis, you know. You got to no. be put in front of that for a while well, before I, you can get decent at it. A lot of the situations we've been put in front of where the coyote's running, we either wait till it stops to say what the hell and then we you know shoot it or we start yelling at it you know woo, try to do your best to make trying to get it to stop and like a lot of times you'll you'll make it happen where you can take that shot where it's not sprinting night hunting is different sure uh but you know that's a whole different beast in itself but uh um, so that i mean that is interesting because um you're definitely hugging a lot closer with a bobcat than you def- than you are coyotes. Um, yeah. Would you say that it is, if you were targeting a coyote or a, a bobcat, it's easier to see coyotes on a bobcat stand than it is to see bobcats on a coyote stand? Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's about the same. It's probably a 50-50. Um <clears throat> So, I mean, because like I said, they both share the same areas. They both hunt the same areas. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say I would say it's give or take about 50% of the time on, on each end of that. Um, the thing about a bobcat is, you know, like I said, it's not going to move fast. I've had, coy- I've had bobcats come running into the call and look like a coyote, uh, you know, when they're coming in. But I think a lot of that is is they've broke cover and they they're not hiding anymore. So they're either going to move fast, you know, and and get to that squealing rabbit as fast as they can before something else comes and takes it away. I mean, of course, that's my theory on it. It may not be what's going on, but it seems like most of the time when I have a cat that breaks cover and gets in an open area, they'll they'll move pretty fast. Yeah. But uh, if they got a little cover, they won't move fast at all and. And I, I think a lot of these guys, you know, they think that they're not calling bobcats in, but they are. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys, they don't, they don't look at the edges of these, of these brush thickets and these fields, uh, 
they've got such good camouflage. They can they can be sitting there the whole time, and you and you don't even know it. I mean, I'll never forget the first. Like I told you, that one I missed at twenty yards. I had my my middle son with me at the time, and he saw the cat, and I didn't. And he's like, "Daddy, what's that right there?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about, Chase?" He's like, right there in front of us. And I said, what? I ended up standing up and going, what are you talking about? And he says, right there. And about the time I see the bobcat look up at me. And I said, oh, shit. That's what you were talking about. (laughs) And uh, then I rushed a shot and missed him. And the rest is history. We've talked about it on the show enough. But, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how – and then the second time I I called that same cat back in, actually, a couple weeks later and missed again. We won't talk about that. Um, I watched him. I just happened to get lucky and had my eyes on an area and and saw him barely move across this log. And so I watched him for, man, like 60 yards slowly get down to me. And it was amazing how easy it was to lose him if I didn't keep my eyes on him and just how slowly he really did move. Uh so, yeah, I, I, I know people are calling them in that just don't ever know they exist. Same thing with coyotes. I mean, I'm sure if you oh, yeah. if you went back on your year of coyotes, there's probably at least a handful that you didn't know were there. Uh, oh, absolutely. But, I mean, how many times has it been where you're, oh, yeah, I'm done, and then you stand up, and you're like, oh, there he was right there. Yep. He busted you. <laughs> yep. So, it happens. So, when you're setting up, uh, are you much more careful – with how you're setting up than maybe you would on a coyote stand. Not that we're not careful with a coyote stand, but, you know, sometimes on coyote stands, you don't have much cover where you want to be at. You got the high ground, and you might just have a little grass next to a fence post, and you do what you need to do. How are are you a lot more careful about your setup since cats are – the way I've always been kind of thought about it is cats use their eyes much more than a coyote uses their eyes. Not that they're not looking. But a cat's main uh, weapon, I guess, is their eye, whereas a coyote's main weapon is kind of its nose. Um, So are you a lot more careful, or what do you do when you're setting up? Uh, I'm about the same. Um, I'll I'll probably, I mean, I I brush myself in about the same. If i got a good backstop, of course, I'm going to use it. Um, But if I've got an area that I really feel like there's a cat in and I don't have them, whole lot of cover i'll push that envelope you know and and get in there and it may be just that little sprig of grass like you were talking about you know just try to hide the best i can um but uh that's what i i mean it it works about the same um but getting back to the you know like how the cats hide and stuff um a lot of i know a lot of guys that don't carry you know a good pair of binoculars and I, I don't leave home without them. If I don't have my bino chest or my bino pack on my chest. Feel naked, don't you? I, I, yeah, I do. I feel naked, you know, God. because. That's why I keep trying every damn time, things. Every time that I have left that at home, I've needed it. And, you know, I might go on 10 coyote stands and, you know, five bobcat stands and not, not ever pull them out. But that one time that I need them and they're not there. You know, that, I don't know if you watched my reel from the other day. Uh, I had a bobcat standing there about 100 yards, and you just the naked eye, you couldn't see him. I didn't know that bobcat was there for – I went back on the video. That that cat was there for probably three or four minutes before I even noticed him. Really? He just blended in so well. 
but right there, I had my binoculars. I pulled them out and reached up, and yeah, I was like, "Wow, where did you come from, you little bastard?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like a pariah in the world of coyote hunting. Everybody I know, and now Corey, are bino harness people, and man, I can't. Now I still I have binos with me every time I go hunting, but I have them more available in a different way. I have never gotten used to wearing a bino harness. I don't I, I try. Yeah, you try. I try. You just don't make it. And then I'm just like I freaking hate it, <laughs> and I'll end up. What I do is I I get set up and then I take my binos out and I rest them right next to me, um, and like my rangefinder is sitting right next to me too. I just I've never gotten used to wearing a bino harness, and. Yeah. Uh, whether you wear a bino harness or not, having bino- binoculars available isn't very important. Um, especially with cats, man. Like you said, they're just they sit so still, they move so mm-hmm. slow, and it's really hard to pick up that any of that motion with your naked eye. Um, and the only time I've ever picked it up with my naked eye is when they're literally within 50, 60 yards of me. So. Right. Um, what about uh, obviously you know with coyotes and stuff you gotta pay attention to the wind. With cats, as is it as important? Is it more important? Less important? Playing the wind? It's probably less important. I've had some cats that will come right to the call and stick their stick their nose right inside the the X twenty four speaker, you know, and not even not even act like you know, there's any kind of win there. Um, matter of fact, John Collins and I got to talking about this on a previous podcast, but we've talked about this about two years ago, just him and I just in conversation as, you know, two individuals. And he told me that he had this bobcat that it wasn't bobcat season. Uh, he let the cat come into the call and he said it got about 30 or 40 yards from the call, turned, went straight downwind and then came into the call and I actually had that happen. Well, the double of bobcats that I called in that we were talking about at the beginning of this, that cat comes straight in downwind Hmm. from the call. And I don't know if it was just coincidence, uh, but I have had cats win the call before they'll get close enough to it that they can, catch you know some scent off of it and and they'll booger and spook um but it's not you have a little bit more time you know on that bobcat coming in to you know to kind of make that shot so what i do when i set my call out whatever that wind direction is like say if i have a left to right wind and i can't see a whole lot on that left side i'll make sure to push my call more to the right that way i've got more time if, you know, if, if something comes downwind, I can see it better, you know, than them slipping up behind a ridge or, or a hill. It's a little different hunting down in here. I know you guys don't have all the hills and hollers like I got. So I have to work, I have to work around a lot of terrain, Yeah, you know, down in here. Uh, yeah, we got, so, we got some, but not near yeah, like not, you got. Not, not like you. Yeah. Which actually would be kind of nice because you could almost get like more sets out of the same property, you know sometimes you would that's think actually true yeah. yeah yeah we actually have yeah, that's actually we have ground sort of like what you got because we hunt some um some river farms and when you get close to some of them river bluffs before you get into the 
you know, the, um, the bottoms, dude. I mean, some of it's like you're in Colorado, it's straight up and down over and, you know, mm-hmm. you can really, really you know, deep haulers get yeah. several sets out of some property sometimes, but it's also shitty getting around in them. But, yeah. um, <laughs> that's interesting. I, I wonder if there's, you know, you always hear about how strong a coyote's nose is. I wonder if there's like any studies out there or any articles that talk about how strong a bobcat's nose is compared to a coyote's. I would assume it's not as strong, but I don't know that. I just, I'm just, just because like you said, you, you've gotten those situations where the bobcat will give you more leeway. It almost feels like from a wind's perspective, or is it because they're so worried about what they're seeing that they don't pay attention to that, that nose as much? Whereas a coyote is always going to listen to their nose first and then other right. things second. I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to look up. Mike, are you Googling it right now? Well, I just did a quick Google, and it just says it's better than house cats. Hmm. But uh, Maybe not as good as a coyote. Yeah, it didn't. It, I'm sure if I looked into it a little more, it'd give a little more detail Makes about sense. it. Makes sense. But. Well, just in my experience, you know, with cats catching wind, you know, I've had coyotes catch wind off of a, you know, the scent off of a call, you know, as far as 100 yards, you know, cats seem like, you know, they're typically usually a lot closer, you know, 15, 20 yards, they'll get to where they'll start crouching down if they, they don't smell something that's right, you know, they may not just completely turn and peel out of there and burn you know but uh most of the time they'll just crouch kind of down because they know something's not right and they'll start backing up they start backing up you probably want to probably want to take your shot because they're probably going to turn and burn really and do they turn and burn like a dog does like i've never boogered a kite or a bobcat to the point that i've seen at least that you know they've just been gone gone do they turn and run or are they real stealthy when they take off too no when when they're when they know something's not right, they're gonna they're gonna act like a coyote. They're gonna get the heck out of there. They just jet. Uh, they just jet. Now I have had them get to the cover and stop, you know, and uh, turn back around and try to process what just happened. And you know, they may be out of range. They may not. But most of the time, I don't I don't usually try to let that happen. So. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've all had those days where you're just like, well, I oh, suck yeah. as a hunter today, but hey. All right, let's get to the, the the part where I'm sure a lot of listeners are curious, the calling. So take us through how you uh, how you do a, a bobcat stand. For me, and this is just me and, and Micah, my bob, when I'm hunting a bobcat, I call a lot differently than I do when I'm hunting coyotes. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... How does the uh, the cat killer himself do do this? Oh uh, well, you know I've called bobcats in on all different kinds of sounds, but I, the last few years I've really stuck more to uh, cottontail cottontail distress sounds. That's that just seems like what they want. You know, it, it's music to their ears. Uh, I've called in bobcats on. I've called in bobcats on pup distress. And I know <laughs> there's a lot of people that, that say that they've done that out there. And I think the most, most of the time the case is, is they're probably coyote calling or, or they had been uh, using a rabbit distress and they finally decide, Oh, I'm going to flip over to pup distress and see what I got. And then a bobcat steps out, you know, I, I but uh, getting back to the calling, um, 
you know, I, I'm obviously I'm a Fox Profield staff guy, so I really like Mrs. McCottontail, KG Cottontail, Baby Cottontail, uh, Eastern Cottontail, and I'll run a lot of bit uh, a lot of uh, Snowshoe HP. Yeah, I and like that. I like that sound. <clears throat> what What I like about Snow Snowshoe HP is, you know, it has it has some really high pitch sounds in it, and then it's got some lower sounds in it, but it's got a lot of breakup in it too. Uh, there's a lot going on with it. It's a busy sound, and so when I talk about busy sounds, it's just something that's it's the rhythm. It's going all the time, and that's when you get back to Mrs. McCottontail sound. Uh, you know, that's a sound that is a new sound of the Fox Pro Library. It's just come out the last few years, but uh, I don't think there's a better sound for bobcats than Mrs. McCottontail. That 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 one right there has killed more bobcats for me in the last three years or so than than any other sound. Um, but it, once I select that sound and I start, I'll usually start about fifty percent volume. Uh, so on the Fox Pro X24, uh, that'd be right around volume 20. And <clears throat> so I'll run that sound constant. I never turn it off. I'll run that sound constant for three or four minutes. In that three or four minutes, I'm ramping the volume up. I'll go to maybe 24, 26 on the, on the remote. Depends on how, what kind of terrain it is. If it's real tight, like some of the, conversations we've been having here i may just run it up to about 22 and then come back down with my sound all the way down to even 10 on the remote and that sequence if i if i don't have a bobcat or a coyote show up in that first four five six minutes then i'm going to go ahead and pause and i'll john collins and i've talked about this quite a bit there's something about that pause that when you break that rhythm, that cat's like, he may be out there hunched down. You don't even know he's there. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it's a trigger. He'll, he'll just break and be like, you know, what's going on? What happened to that sound? So that's, that's a real key calling. Yeah. It's a good tip of my calling to put out there is go ahead and run that sound out there for three, four, five, six minutes. And then give yourself a good pause. So I'll I'll pause it for 30, 40 seconds. And while I'm in that 30, 40 seconds, I'm watching, but I'm moving to my next sound. And whatever the sound may be, whether it's <clears throat> KG Cottontail or or uh, Snowshoe HP or even Woodpecker, uh, <clears throat> same thing. I'll go back to about 50% volume on that Fox Pro and then ramp ramp the sound up and then bring the sound back down just to give it some realism, you know, like, like something might be taking that right. animal away, you know, and then, then then you put the excitement back out there when you ramp it back up, you know, so it's just something to keep their attention all the time because the cat's really bad about losing their attention. Uh, you'll see it in a house like cat. Bobcat's you know. got ADHD. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> like, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, they they break concentration so easy that I've seen bobcats be coming in to the call and they might bump a mouse. Well, then then they're off chasing that mouse, you know. And then you got to switch the call up to 
try to grasp their attention. It usually doesn't happen that way, but I have seen it in the past. That's that's a good bit of information because, like, I've always been like from one sound right to the next. You know, whether yep. that's I I used to run a lot of woodpecker stuff, and yeah, it was birds. whatever. Oh, what's the woodpecker one I liked a lot with uh, the Fox Pro sound? What the hell was it called? We uh, uh, weeping red woodpecker. Yeah, and then I'd be right into another red one. Um, and but I wasn't stopping, but half a second, you know, just stop, start, you know, type of deal. Um, right. And that's what I was always taught is you you lose their concentration or you lose their attention, you lose them. Um, right. But by stopping the call, you think that that, that actually might help for that, you know, 30 minutes or 30 seconds to a minute, actually yep. get their attention more by going, hey, what what happened to that sound? And they, yep. they might even check it out further. Whereas if you keep a sound running nonstop, um, it's just, you know, more of that sound that they've been hearing for the past five minutes. Right. <clears throat> well, and they'll, they'll, you know, a cat will get lazy. Uh, it'll just sit down and just look around. And it'll just sit there. And look. I, I, the last cat I called in here about a week ago, that's what it was doing when I, when I spotted it. I knew it something was there because I could hear the birds and the squirrels chattering and I'm looking, 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 trying to find what they're ranting at. And finally I see it over there in some tall brush and he's just sitting there on his butt, just looking around. He's not probably 80, 90 yards from the call. And I've got the decoy spinning out there and the sun's hitting it. So I know he's seeing it, you know, and, and, uh, I just grabbed the remote and I just turned that volume way down just to where I could barely hear it. And you can see it in the video. It, it sparked him. He, his ears kind of stand up a little bit more. And then, then he break, he broke the cover and started coming in. And that's when I went ahead and shot him. So it's, it's very key. They, they get used to it. It's like, it's, it's, it's almost like it's lackadaisical to them, you know, yeah, like it puts them to sleep a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it seems like you break that, you know, change that volume or even just shut it off. They're just like, what's, what's going on here on, on your, uh, designated Bobcat. Are you always using a decoy? I was going to ask about those. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, now I've called Bobcats in without a decoy and I know a lot of guys have, you know, it's, it's just, they're coming to the sound more than they are anything, but that, uh, that decoy, man, it's on Bobcats. It's 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 a must-have in my in my arsenal. I gotta have it. Does it matter? So like, I've I've got a shockwave, and the decoy that I've got on the shockwave is the uh, um, the Fox Jack decoy that hooks to the back of the battery compartment, and it's a right. it's a woodpecker um, flag type deal where it's it's black, white, and red. So it makes me think of a woodpecker. Does right. it matter? Honestly, if it's a rabbit or a woodpecker decoy, or just something that's moving. Something that's moving. Yep. Good. Something to grasp their attention. Uh, and in, in, in a case like that, like the story I just told, you know, that cat, I, like I said, I know he was seeing it. Um, he just he just wasn't committed to come in. So in some cases, it just doesn't, it doesn't do the job. But in other cases, I've had cats once they – once they see the decoy, 
they'll just come running in. I mean, and you can, you can see it all over them when they see it because they'll stop, they'll perk up, you know, their posture changes, they'll get a lot taller and then they'll just bolt and start coming on in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've always struggled with whether to use a decoy or not on, on cats and I've always done it, but, and that might be why I use more woodpecker sounds back in the day than I did the uh, cottontail stuff is because my decoy looked like a, a woodpecker. <laughs> I'm like, well, what, what if I'm doing this freaking cottontail and then they see a woodpecker running around? They're like, what the hell? <laughs> you're, 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 you're giving them way too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Um, that you made a good point a few minutes ago about like the, the squirrels and the, you know, the birds and the stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The one I killed this year, it was because, well, actually, I was about to write off every blue jay in, in the world because, you, you know, you always heard deer hunting, you start hearing blue jays, be ready, you're about to see something, right? I bet I've heard more blue jays this year and not ever seen shit than yeah. ever before. And The, the, blue, the blue jays lie. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just <laughs> loud mouths, I think. But in this case, I started hearing blue jays off to my right, and I'm like, well, it's probably not a freaking deer they've been lying to me all damn year and i i happened to look down and, and there was the cat so i know what they were yelling at but um that's a good point i guess is paying attention to um you know the other animals out there that if a cat especially is walking through i'm guessing they're gonna not be happy about it um, no uh a red squirrel absolutely hates hates bobcats and they'll they'll chatter every time and they'll chatter loud uh and same with a same with a coyote. I've had I've had a lot of squirrels and stuff chatter on on coyotes, but almost every time a squirrel chatters on a on one of my bobcat stands, I can almost guarantee that there's probably a bobcat around. Yeah, they're they usually don't lie. Yeah, that's pretty good. <clears throat> Uh, except when you're deer hunting, and once again, then they just want you to think that they're a deer. Exactly. <laughs> Although that's just them moving around, but. Okay, so how long is um, when you're doing your sequences and you're pausing? How long do you usually give a set on on a bobcat stand before you're like, "App, this is over." Are you usually giving them longer than you would give a coyote set, or what's your average? No, no I I don't sit I don't sit any longer for a bobcat stand than I would a coyote stand. I usually give it about fifteen or twenty minutes. Hmm. Uh, you know, we've always heard that you got to sit there and wait on that bobcat to come in because they're slow. They are slow. I'll give them that. You know, once they once they start committing to the call, they are pretty slow. But they get there faster than a lot of people think they do. Um, I just think they just want to sit there and, you know, process everything before they go ahead and come on out and try to grab that meal. But uh, I've never I've never sat on a bobcat stand longer than 20, 25 minutes, probably. Um, I know there's that old wise tale, you, you got to sit there 45 minutes, you know, on a bobcat, but I've, I've already made two more stands. You know? <laughs> I've already moved on. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've already made two more stands while somebody's over there still trying to call a bobcat in 45 well, minutes. So. if you think about it, what, I mean, because I always thought you would have to wait longer too, but more than likely, like, depending on what type of terrain you're hunting, that bobcat is probably getting to where he can see whatever is making that sound fairly quickly. And then yeah. once, and theoretically, if he can see that call, you should be able to see that cat. 
So he's yep. probably getting to a spot where he can see, and then he might decide whether or not he's going to go, you know, commit or not. So that makes right. sense that, you know, you're still only doing the 20 minutes or so. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just keep doing that same sequence. You know, I'll run my, run my calls to that five, six minute mark, make a good pause. And then, you know, I, once I get past that 12 minute mark, if I ain't called anything in, I'm, you know, I'm kind of starting to fish around, you know, for, for a different sound, you know, maybe try something different that I haven't had. And I'll tell you what, uh, gray, gray squirrel. That's, that's one of my back pocket that, that I'll throw out there every once in a while. If I get really deep into that stand, cause it's so high pitched, uh, I really like it, but most of the time I get to that 15, 20 minute mark, I'm, I about gave up already, yeah. so I'm, 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 I'm trying all kinds of stuff by that point. Well, it's funny because uh, I know it's not the same exact, but it makes me think of uh, – I was listening to Fox Pro's podcast with the uh, the fellow from New York that hunts foxes. Yeah. Uh, he, he, oh, uh, Andrew. Yeah. And, Andrew uh, Wallen, yeah. He, it's funny because he's hunting red foxes, and one of his favorite calls is platinum gray fox. Yeah. Just makes me laugh. <laughs> um, it's just he loves that sound. And uh, I like to pick his brain a little more. I got a fox somewhere near me that he's foxier than me, that's for sure. But, uh, okay, so you don't – that's – I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, if you're not going to – I mean, I guess if you stayed an hour, there's always that chance you could get that one to come in. But then if you don't, you just literally wasted two more sets <laughs> by yeah. by right. calling that out. And um, you might just not be close enough or whatever, but um, – that's a good point. Well, and they, you know, these cats, they move around quite a bit. They got, you know, a female bobcat probably has about a mile and a half to two mile radius. Damn. And you've got a, you know, on your toms, they'll carry probably somewhere as a, you know, between five and 10 mile radius. And, uh, so they, ain't, they ain't always there. Um, but most of the time you can, pretty well count on a female bobcat being pretty close especially if you find some good scat you know uh i'm always looking for scat when i'm out um because it you know if if you got a bobcat that's working a trail saying you you got you found two or three piles of scat on that cow path or that deer trail or even on a on an old road going into a place you can almost guarantee that when that cat laid that scat there, it either went to bed or it come out of its bed. So it's probably probably they're pretty close. So I'm I'm always looking for that scat, and uh, and I make a mental note of where that's at, and I'll come back and try to get it. They're kind of like us. They take shits before they go to bed or after <laughs> they wake up. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> <laughs> not to not to po- you know we'll talk about our sponsors at some point, but. I know every morning I'm on my camo fire. That's what I'm doing usually. <laughs> Take care of my morning stuff. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Well, we would uh, we'd be stupid not to ask this question. Guns. Yeah. I'm guessing you don't change up your gun setup based on what you're hunting. But what's your favorite uh, setup that you're running right now? My favorite setup that I'm running right now is uh, – I'm running a 224 Valkyrie that, and I've got several setups, but uh, 
my favorite setup right now is a 224 Valkyrie. It's a, it's a custom built gun, hunts long range over here, built it for me. Uh, carbon barrel. It's got a gray bow chassis on it. Uh, Zermit action. And I'm running 60 grain. Sorry about my cuckoo clock there. Oh, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm running the 60 grain TMKs in that. And it's been really effective on coyotes and bobcats. Uh, but I've also been running what, what we built a wildcat round and, uh, it's basically, it's built off of a, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this 6.5 by 47. Uh, but anyway, that's, we've, we've built this predator round off of that and it's, we're calling it a 22 parvo. Yeah. And, I've seen you post. So I could, yeah, I've seen you post that one. That's a sick looking gun, man. It's it's pretty wicked little gun. Uh, it's just a sixteen inch carbon barrel. Um, it's a one and eight twist. Uh, it's also a gray bow chassis and a Zermatt action. I'm running a, a uh, Trigger Tech trigger in it and Swarovski glass on top. But it's that thing's a hammer. It's what kind for of a sixteen inch barrel. Yeah, yeah, what what kind of velocity are you getting out of that? Uh consistently we're getting we're getting thirty five eighty out of that setup. Wow. Jeez. And so is that with a sixty nine green? It, okay, so that's pretty heavy still too. Yeah. And with only a sixteen inch yeah. barrel. Yeah. And that so that is a, a twenty two caliber setup then? That's yeah, that's yeah. a twenty two caliber setup. Yeah. That's that's pretty fast when you're talking about almost well. You, what you said, thirty-nine or sixty-nine. So no, yeah, sixty-nine grain bullet. That's almost uh, seventy yeah. grains coming out of a twenty-two. That's pretty. That's sick. Yeah. That's pretty badass. It's I, uh, it's it's really hard on the bobcats. Um, <laughs> I've 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 knocked some pretty good size holes in some of my bobcats. I've knocked some pretty good size holes in my in my coyotes too. It's it's uh, seems like Seems like it's not bad on the entrance. It's the exit, obviously. But if yeah. you catch bone on the exit, that's where it's really bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure. I'm, I got lucky when I shot mine with my six arc. Uh, that that has a 103 grain bullet coming out of it, and I happened to exit just behind her her opposite side shoulder, and so all it yeah. left is about a quarter size perfect round hole in her. But I feel like if I would have, you know, exited just a little more forward on that opposite shoulder, it would have, uh, it probably would have broke her down. Um, oh, yeah. Right there on the spot instead of her running 20 yards and, and dying in some bullshit. But um, at least it, you know, made a nice, pretty round hole that's going to be easy for my taxidermist to take care of. But uh, there you go. I don't know. I mean, like with coyotes, it's, it's odd. Uh, I would prefer just to break a coyote down right where it stands, and I'm I'm guessing Absolutely. I'm the same with a bobcat. But you ever feel like um, you've killed enough bobcats when you see this just gorgeous cat stand in front of you that you're scared to shoot it where you normally would because you don't want to f it up too bad, or what, like what <laughs> what goes through your mind when you see that just that beautiful you know leopard type spots and all that what goes through your mind when you're getting ready to shoot it that's funny you mentioned that because i called in a 
I called in a bobcat last year and I got him right at 40 yards and that exact thought went through my head. I was like, where do I shoot this thing at? Cause I don't want to mess him up. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and anchor him because he was a pretty good sized bobcat. He was probably pushing close to 30 pounds. And I just, I, I put it right through both shoulders and Surprisingly, it didn't mess it up any at all. It just barely put a pinhole in him. Oh, nice! But uh, where were you shooting? It didn't then? go nowhere. I was shooting my two twenty four Valkyrie. Okay, nice. Yeah. Those things yeah. really book, don't they? Aren't they like four thousand plus? I've never. The, well, uh, or am I wrong? You probably you probably could get them there with some lighter grain bullets and maybe a slower twist barrel. But let's see. I'm running a one and nine twist. And them sixty grain bullets, I think we're right around thirty four hundred feet a second. Okay, fam. Yeah, they're not they're not pushing real hard, but uh, I will yeah, say probably... like I'm getting more excited about the faster. I've I've typically always shot a little bit slower gun with coyotes. Like I started with a two twenty three, and then I went up. Now I'm the six arc is my current gun, which is somewhere around like three thousand feet per second. Of course, I'm pushing one hundred and three grain bullet through it too, but um, right, but I just I just got my twenty two two fifty, which I'm really excited about, and I'm shooting fifty grain Vmaxes, almost forty two hundred feet per second through that thing. Wow! And that was a That's... lot of fun to shoot. <laughs> I will say, like, <clears throat> you could just tell the speed difference between that six arc and that twenty two two fifty right there. Yeah. Now it's yeah. a light, it's a light bull. I mean, it's fifty grains, um, and I'm not sure I'll stay there, but. Boy, that was a lot of fun to shoot. That's for oh, sure. I haven't shot a coyote with it yet, but um, it was booking. That's for sure. Yeah, wait till you get that can on it, and then you can hear that. That's what I'm smack. Any day now would be great, Uncle yeah, Sam. That's all I'm that, saying. That'd be awesome if we could make that happen. Ninety days, sure. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna say any more though, because I don't want to take any risks on not getting it quicker. Uh, okay, so I got to ask you this. Um, what was the what's the biggest bobcat you ever killed? Do you weigh each one you kill? Uh, if if I feel like they're over thirty pounds, I'll I'll go ahead and get a scale out. Um, thirty six pounds is my biggest one. Wow, that's a big cat. Um, that is a big cat. Yeah, it's a big cat. And you know, I was hunting, I was hunting, kind of hunting up in your guys' part of the world. I was more north central Missouri here a couple weeks ago, and and uh, the kid didn't he didn't he didn't call it in, but he trapped this bobcat. I don't know if you guys seen it on my Facebook, but that was one of the biggest bobcats I'd ever seen. I mean, his paws were, were huge. Uh, they put it on the scale. Cause I told him, I'm like, man, you got to wait. Thing. I got to know what it is. Right. They took it down to the elevator there in town and, and weighed it. I think that's what they said. They did took it to the elevator. Anyway, they said it was 32 pounds, and I'm like, boys, I don't know. I think that scale's wrong. That thing looks <laughs> way bigger than that. <laughs> Man, I wish I could find They're really it. hard. They're really hard to judge. Well, they, they definitely are. I mean, I, the one I shot, um, I'm like, man, she's good size, you know. I mean, I've not been around a lot of bobcats, but I'm like, man, she's good size. And while she wasn't a small female, she only weighed 17 pounds. Um, yeah, which for a female is not tiny, um, but it's just crazy when you you hear about some of these these cats weighing you know forty pounds and that's a big kitty. Uh, that's a big cat. I wish I could find the post. I actually saw it today, uh, and I wish I remember where I was. I think I was on Facebook somewhere. That black one, 
Oh yeah, Did somebody I, showed oh, up. Mel, yeah, I've yeah, seen that. yeah. He's in North Carolina or something. That, that, that was that gorgeous. Because yeah. if you look, you can still see the spots. Um, yeah, like the spots are darker black than the rest of it. And man, have you ever seen anything like that on a cat out in Missouri? I mean, that's got to be so damn rare. Um, no, I, I've never seen nothing like that. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I will say um, I would love to see one of those, but I don't ever want to see a mountain lion come into the call. <laughs> it's just, I don't no, know. I don't think I would either. <laughs> no. Like I love seeing bobcats. It's honestly, when I'm out deer hunting, uh, I've had some really cool encounters where I killed my bobcat at, um, I knew there were bobcats there. I had a really cool encounter last year with a, a mother and her two, um, cubs, cubs is what they're called. I, I always called get cubs. that wrong. I want to say kittens. Um, I mean, a really cool encounter where the kittens were right under my tree and they were screwing around and she was looking at me and then they left and chased a rabbit. It was just, I always, I always count my blessings when I see bobcats. Yeah. And we had that one this year, whenever we went bow hunting. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 awesome. we were walking out of the woods during a bow hunt and Nathan spots, he's like, Hey, stop, stop, stop. And I look up and there's a bobcat looking right at us and it's got something in its mouth. And it drops it and runs off, and we get up to it, and it had just killed a rabbit and had the rabbit in its mouth. And the rabbit, we, by the time we got up to it, the rabbit, wasn't even dead yet. Yeah, it was still you could just see where it, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, you could just see where you know it had a hold of its neck. It, so that was pretty neat. Yeah, it's. I always count my blessings when you see a bobcat doing its own thing, you know, in the oh, wild. Yeah. Which I know when you're calling them, you know, it's it's a little different, but. uh I I really enjoy seeing them, and it's probably my my most favorite thing to encounter in the woods. Just you know, naturally, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've we've all been deer hunting, and we've had coyotes come in, and it then becomes coyote season. Um, if you're deer hunting, right? Every deer hunt is oh, yeah. a coyote hunt. <laughs> but that's uh, right. you know, and that's cool because uh, you get to see a coyote kind of doing its own thing too. But there's just for me, there's nothing like watching a cat just do its own thing, and you'll have to remind me when we get off here. I'll get your number. I'm gonna send you a trail cam pic I got of a bobcat mid air okay. killing something this year. That's probably oh, my really? favorite. Oh wow. man, it's my favorite trail cam pic I might ever had. Yep. Uh, if I, hope, <laughs> I better save that. I hope I didn't. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because it came off that one camera. But anyway, uh, what else, Michael? I mean, you got. What What do you think gets the right away? A bobcat or a coyote if they meet face-to-face? I'm going to go coyote because they seem like they're bigger dickheads, but I could be wrong. I don't know, man. Cats <laughs> cats are mean. That's true. I, I would think the coyote would let the cat go, it, it, my opinion. Ooh. Well, I, I, wit- I witnessed this this last year in my bow stand. I had a, uh, had a coyote come out, or excuse me, had a bobcat come out, and I hunt. I hunt some river bottom ground, so there's a levee right there. And the cat comes out and gets on top of that levee. And, well, I start messing with it. I just start lip squeaking at it. And here it comes. It starts coming down that levee. And about probably two or three minutes of this, I look up and about 100 yards down the levee is a coyote standing. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) So I just keep lip squeaking. Well, here comes the coyote. Well, the bobcat just lost interest and it finally gets up on top of the levee. And that coyote sees that bobcat and comes running. And I thought, oh man, what what is getting ready to happen here? 
that bob that bobcat got the right away. Really? That coyote never met. Oh no, he snipped around a little bit, and they got within feet. I'm I'm saying two or three feet, and that coyote never advanced. That cat never swatted at him, and it wasn't a big bobcat. It was probably a I'm going to say it was 20 pounds or less bobcat. And about that time, here come another coyote, and it come full bore running down this levee as I'm still lip squeaking at all three of them. And he runs up there, and I miss him about 30 yards with my bow. And I was like, what in the <laughs> world just happened? Well, the bobcat, he, he just trots off like no big deal, and the coyote's right behind him about 10 yards just trotting right behind him. So I'm going to say the bobcat's going to get the right away every time. I can see that. kind of what it seemed like to me. I could see that. I mean, my damn stupid outdoor cat, my dog, my dog don't mess with our cat at all. I mean, don't mess with her at all. And every time he goes outside, she'll try to kick his ass. And he weighs 90 pounds, and she's a (laughs) 10-pound, you know, whatever the hell she is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that don't that don't happen at my house. My my dog, your dog killed that cat. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my dog's got a problem with cats. <laughs> but I could, I guess, I could see where a cat's a bigger asshole than a coyote is. I guess maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't, I don't know if they're an asshole, but they're probably just an asshole you don't want to mess with with all them claws I know. and teeth. You know, I've I've but, talked to people uh, that have said, uh, oh, they're just twenty pounds. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, that is not twenty pounds I would ever want on top of me. Or near me. No, it's going to no. tear you up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you I might, would not enjoy that. More than likely, you're going to be able to win that fight, but you are not going to come out there with no scratches. That's for sure. No. <laughs> well, that kind of gets me Kind of gets me to a point I was trying to make because I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, oh, I don't, I don't really want to call for a bobcat, you know, right after I'm trying to call for a coyote because – I don't want to. I don't. I don't think that coyote, that bobcat will come in. I don't think that's true. I've I've howled around bobcats quite a bit, you know, not knowing that the bobcat was there. Let out a howl, you know, on my fox crow, and there's a bobcat standing there. It's like they're not even scared of it, you know. And so my theory, my theory was always I, I always thought the bobcat would get the right away. But until I seen that encounter this fall on the bow stand, I was like, "Man, that I knew it. I knew that bobcat would get that, get the leeway there." Makes, so I mean, it makes sense. I was, I was happy to see it. That but, yeah, that that's just a cool story, man. That that'd be awesome to <laughs> witness. Yeah, I actually got video of that. Uh, it's on my Snapchat, but I I need to export it and drop it to you guys. It was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, I, I took video of those that mother and those two kittens or whatever the hell they're called. Um, I actually, it's two different videos. I, I got video of the, the young ones coming straight under my tree. And then they went out in this clearing and were like playing around with each other. Um, and I'm like, man, those are young. And I'm like, there's gotta be a mama somewhere. And I turn mm-hmm. around and I look kind of where they came from. And I look into the, into the timber, maybe five yards back. And there she is just looking right up at me. Oh, wow. And I'm like, Oh, yep. Found mama. And then the young ones kind of come back to her, and they walk. They all walk away together, and I got video of them walking away. And I'm like, man, that was cool. I mean, I just – I counted my blessings. That was – you know, I, didn't, I hadn't seen a deer that night, and I'm just like, I don't even care if I do. That was awesome. And then not five minutes later, I hear this blood-curdling scream, 
and I see this rabbit just go whoo, right next to my tree. And that mama was right behind that rabbit. And I watched her chase that rabbit all the way through that clearing. And I never heard it screaming. So I don't think she caught it, but, uh, I'm just like, that's, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, that, that's a really cool encounter. <laughs> well, and then that was maybe 45 minutes before dark. And then right at last light, the part that I did not enjoy, I'll be honest. I'm kind of a sissy at times. I admit it. Because you're talking about what a twenty pound cat again, right? <laughs> right. I, I get. I'm getting my stuff ready to get down, and I turn around and I just. I kind of. I do this every time. I just kind of look around, just make sure I'm not missing something. And I look down at the base of my ladder, and she's at the base of my ladder, looking right up at me. Oh wow! And I'm like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" So it kind of freaked me out. I'm like, "Why are you doing this? I ain't messing with your babies. Yeah, I don't want nothing to do with them. I don't know where they are." And I'm like, please don't climb this damn tree stand. <laughs> That's the only thing running through my mind is why is she right here? She knows I'm there. I've been moving around. Right. She she's not tricked. And so I I, I literally just said, hey, get out of here. And she just looked at me. And after a few seconds, you know, kind of started backing away and then walked away. But I'll be honest, I was just like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> like, I really don't want to get a cat fight right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but you know that that's just some of the cool stuff you see is i mean she she was in her natural world and it was just kind of cool to see i mean just like you said seeing those coyotes and those bobcats together um right that's that's pretty damn rare to see those two at the same time in the same spot i mean you got to think yeah. about that you know they don't like to be around each other so no you actually saw something that probably doesn't happen that often so that's no, pretty cool no. I, and i you know I know we've all logged, you know, several hours in a deer stand, but, you know, I, the 30 years I've been bow hunting, I've never seen anything like that. So that was pretty cool. No. Yeah, that's pretty damn nifty. And you don't get to see that stuff when you don't. That's why we like getting outdoors, man. It's just. You never know what you're going to see. Whether it's deer hunting or, or, you know, predator hunting or duck hunting for some people or, you know, whatever they do. You just, you don't see stuff if you're sitting at home. Even if it's not right. what you were hoping for, um, you know, like I would argue that what you experienced that night with that those coyotes and and that bobcat and what I experienced and like me and Micah, what we had happen, I would argue that's just as good of a night deer hunting as if you would have gotten the deer you're after. Um, just because oh, absolutely, I agree. that's more rare than killing that buck because you're not yep. going to ever see that again. So nope. uh, that's pretty damn cool. But what else, Mike? You got any more questions for him? I don't really have anything. Are we missing anything? Yeah, what else? I mean, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you think would be pretty uh, beneficial for people to hear? Uh, well, just look for sign. It's it's no different than, uh, you know, coyote hunting. You can't, you can't kill bobcats if you don't have bobcats. Uh, so, you know, make sure the sign's there and, and uh, you know, try to go over some of the, the things that I that we talked about on this podcast try to crowd those areas, look for, you know, that thicket, try to get in a little bit tighter on them and, uh, you know, happy hunting. I, you know, I hope this helps lots of guys out, you know, that's been struggling, maybe trying to get a bobcat. So, yeah, it's, uh, and I'm, I'm open to any questions. Uh, you know, anybody that wants to drop me a message on Facebook or whatever, I'll, I'll answer any questions. So I, I like doing that. Yeah, yeah, why don't you uh, tell people how to get a hold of you, you know, give them your handles and everything. 
So on Instagram, I am, uh, I believe it's just Coyote Commander, all lowercase. Uh, Facebook, obviously, it's Corey Groff. And I guess that's about the only thing I'm on right now. And we'll we'll tag you on the episode release, too. So if yeah. people do want to ask you questions, they can. I feel like cool. I feel like I don't remember. I know I do interact with a coyote commander on Instagram. I don't know that I knew that was Corey. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to go back and look at that. But uh, uh, I'm not a huge social media guy, so sometimes I don't pay attention very well. So, yeah, but we'll tag all that. I mean, Corey Groff, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, Absolutely. Like I said, it just seems like every time I, I got on social media – since bobcat season opened it was like jesus how many freaking bobcats are down your way man like he just keeps slaying them (laughs) just left and right he's getting to the point where he's passing the small ones you know it's just (laughs) is this the most you've ever killed in a season uh this is probably the best start that i've had to a season um i usually it doesn't seem like i'll collect very many cats before the first of the year um, I don't know what we'll to see at the end of the season, but uh, I think eleven. I've Damn. killed eleven in a season. Oh wow! Uh, that was year before last. Last year I killed ten. So I'm, I don't know. I'm hoping I get to at least twelve, maybe this year. So, which, so especially you know, now our season extended this year. Yeah, so we got we're about, a month about another thirty days, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So. So what are you? Um, you got to get to the point where you're becoming like that deer hunter that consistently just shoots 140 inch you know deer you got to be like picky about what you're going to do with the kitties you know like uh i'm assuming you get everything you you um skin everything and you you take care of them but like you gotta what what will make you get one mounted at this point like do they just have to be gorgeous or do you try to do as much as you can with each one you know i don't even have one mounted because i'm I'm too picky, I guess, of a bastard to go and get one mounted. Uh, I just mounted the first day of what I kill. I'm like, yep, she's getting it. <laughs> well, you know, I want that perfect. I want that perfect cat, you know, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be 40 pounds, but you know, I want a good 30 pound, real speckled up tom. That's what I want mounted. Uh, you know, and passing cats up, I'll just, I'll just put it out there on, on that certain farm that I've got, it's, it, I've killed a lot of bobcats off it in the last three or four years. So, you know, with bobcats only having, you know, a couple cubs a year, you know, you could probably kill them out pretty easy and you don't, you don't really want to lose them. I mean, yeah. I, I want to be able to control them because, you know, our turkey population down here is horrible. Uh, you know, back Back in the 90s, we probably had the best turkey hunting in the United States down in this part of the area. But uh, <clears throat> it's not right now. It's it's pretty sad. So I do want to control the population of these bobcats, but I love hunting them. So I don't really want to – I don't want to wipe them out. And that that landowner that I that I passed that cat on, he, don't, he, he wouldn't care either way. Yeah. You know, so – but if it's, you know, somebody that wanted me to come in and and clean some cats out i probably would have shot that cat but you know i, I really don't want to you know I, i'm kind of taking care of my population right there yeah. so well with, with with cats you can you can affect them i mean 
You know, yeah. we, uh, we talked to a, a coyote biologist last year uh, with MDC, and the way she explained it, you would have to wipe out every damn coyote off the face of this this continent to have any effect on a coyote population because they are so good at filling holes that it yep. it doesn't matter if you take 30 out of one farm, they will be back because they just they fill in. Whereas yep. I'm sure bobcats are resourceful, but there's a lot less of them around than there are coyotes, and they're probably not as good at doing that as coyotes are. So if you were to, you know, wipe out coyotes off of a, let's say, a five-square-mile area, you might not see them again for several years at that point. I mean, it just depends right. on how quickly one can get in there. So, um, no, that makes well, sense. That's, that's and, you know, kinda... I don't want to lose – I don't want to lose the resource that I'm hunting. I mean, control right. are great, but, you know, to your point anyways, yes, the turkey population is struggling across the state, but a bobcat ain't the main predator of a, a turkey anyway. It's raccoons killing all these freaking nests anyway. I mean. Oh, I, I agree 100%, but it's it's collectively, you know, any predator when you've got a, when you've got a species that's, you know, really in really bad shape, so collectively all that's you know hard on that species right uh you know getting back to you know that's why we're in the shape we're in with with bobcats you know i think uh iowa just started allowing bobcat season what like two or three years ago i don't think illinois even has allowed bobcat hunting yet you know bobcats got wiped out you know from hundreds of years ago people trapping and hunting yep and they're slowly making their way back across the midwest and uh <clears throat> i don't know i just i mean that's that's why we got to have our bobcats tagged because you know i think they're still on the endangered species list well that's our, why you have to have our buddies at the o2 <laughs> podcast when he saw that i killed my bobcat this year he's like that is so cool because they don't even have a season um, right. and that's in Ohio. Now I could be wrong. I think that's what he said, but he's like, dude, I don't ever see a, bo I mean, those, that would be the most rare thing to see here. And so, you know, in Missouri, we do got to, you know, count our blessings. I mean, I think it's awesome that we have so many awesome animals to, uh, either hunt or either just enjoy. I mean, I don't know how I feel about mountain lions, but they're here. So, <laughs> so I don't want to see one. <laughs> But, hey, it's cool that, you know, the animals that were here 300 years ago are back with the exception of a few. Right. So, um, to me, I don't want – like, I love hunting coyotes. I don't want to wipe them out. I want to keep hunting them. Right. Um, right. You know, if, if the government came in and said, we're going we're gonna to eradicate every coyote off the face of this entire continent, I would not love it. I think they're awesome. I, I want to keep hunting them. And it's the same thing with bobcats. I don't want to eradicate them. I, I really like – you know, hunting them. And, um, so I agree. I mean, I wouldn't want to kill 500 bobcats off the same farm and expect to keep, you know, hunting them. That's not going to work that right. way. Well, you're not Corey Groff. So we're, I'm not. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, Corey, we appreciate your time, man. That was uh, a lot of good information. I learned a lot on calling that I might try differently for sure. That's for sure. But, uh, we'll, we'll get you on, uh, here pretty quick, do some coyote. Just, we'll, we'll talk about coyotes, you know, we're, I'm sure you've already been at them pretty hard, but we're getting really started, starting to get ramped up on the R season. So yep. Yep. We'll, we'll get yep. you on to talk about Same that. Same here. I'm, 
I'm ready to start chasing more coyotes. That's for sure. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Well, Corey Groff, we appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate you having me. It's been a blast. All right, see you, man.